Hello my dudes, my name is Tiffany, welcome back to my series, Internet Analysis, where I like to research and discuss things relevant to social issues and media. Today's video is a lighthearted one because I need one. Don't when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah. Last year, I made a video about season one of the Netflix reality show, The Circle, the US version at least. And this year, of course, I watched season two of The Circle. It just had its finale last week. And there were enough interesting things to discuss, so I thought, we'll make it a tradition. We'll come back and we'll chat about it. Nathan and I binged the season as the episodes premiered. And by the way, we're engaged. I'm not currently wearing my ring because it's being resized right now. But yes, big news, we're very happy. We recorded an episode for my podcast all about the proposal, if you'd like to listen. But anyway, we watched it ourselves, and then I rewatched the entire season again to take notes for this video. You're welcome. So first, I'll give a brief intro to the show if you're unfamiliar, and I will be telling you when the spoilers begin in case you would like to watch the whole show and then come back to this video. The Circle is a reality TV game where each player lives in their own apartment and can only contact other players through the circle. It's basically a social media game. Everyone creates a profile, either reflecting their real self or playing as a catfish. They're all competing for a chance to win $100,000. Day to day, the players chat with each other. Circle, message. What's up, girly? How are you doing? I love your profile picture. Hashtag best friends for life. Hashtag can't stop, won't stop. Uh, smiley face emoji, send. The chats are my favorite thing. They try to build friendships and alliances. There are also some activities and games for entertainment, but also to stir up some drama. Often it's impossible to know what the truth is or who is being genuine. Throughout the game, players rate each other. The top rated players for each round are the influencers who get to pick who to block, AKA who gets kicked out of the circle. Before they leave forever, blocked players get to go visit one of the other players. And obviously being visited can have a lot of benefits because you can learn some secrets or some valuable information. Naturally, the other players are curious about who was visited, but it's best not to reveal if you've been visited by someone just because knowledge is power in this game. You can use secrets to your advantage. Everything is strategic. The next day after a blocking, all the players watch a video message from the blocked player and everyone finally gets to see if they were playing as themselves or a catfish. They usually depart with some vaguely ominous message like, don't trust anyone, people are two-faced in here. So let's meet the contestants. We have Savannah, an Instagram model from LA. She wants to show she's not just a pretty face, she's nerdy too. Emily, a tiny, cute sorority girl, who is actually played by Jack, an astrophysics student. Bryant, he is a new age, spiritual, hippie type. 
teaches breath work, all about light and love and good vibes. Trevor is a lovable single dad from the Bronx who is actually played by his wife, Delisa. Then we have Teralisha, who majored in science and math and now is a songwriter and actress. Courtney is an entertainment host and digital content creator from Los Angeles, but in the game, he's claiming to be a barista. It's more low-key. Chloe, who you may recognize from the Netflix show Too Hot to Handle, which I also made a video about last year, she is not from the US, but in both shows she kind of presents herself as this like ditzy, dumb character. She says she's not smart enough to play strategically, but we'll see. We have River, this young gay man with big hair, who is actually played by Lee, a 58-year-old author. Next we have Lance Bass, the NSYNC pop icon played by his personal assistant, Lisa. And Mitchell, do you guys remember Ed and Tammy from season one? They're his family. His whole shtick is that he's attractive, but he's actually a virgin, gasp. And finally, we have Kat, who is a professional volleyball player who hopes to challenge stereotypes about black women. But before we continue, let's give a shout out to today's sponsor, Function of Beauty. Function of Beauty offers custom hair care personalized for your hair type and goals. You take their quick and easy quiz. My hair type is pretty straight and my scalp is typically on the dry side. What are my hair goals? Hydrate, increase volume, anti-frizz, and I chose a silicone-free formula. I chose a light mango fragrance, orange shampoo, pink conditioner, and of course my name is on the bottle. There are also fragrance-free and dye-free options. I also got a custom leave-in conditioner, which is great when my hair needs a little extra love, or if I just wanna have a little spa night with myself. So I've been using Function of Beauty since 2019, and my hair is pretty long now, but I still only try to wash it about twice a week. And these bottles last me such a long time. Lately, people have been asking what my hair routine is, and I honestly like it to be very low maintenance. Sometimes I style it for videos, but typically I just like a wash, condition, air dry situation. Easy. But I've gotta say, I love my hair right now. It looks and feels shiny and soft. Function of Beauty's products have worked really well for me. I love that they are dermatologist tested. I have sensitive skin, so that's important. And also they are vegan and cruelty free. You can get 20% off your first set with my link in the description. Thank you so much, Function of Beauty. Okay, so first let's talk logistics. I don't know if this is especially because I studied film, but whenever I watch reality shows, I just always wanna know how things run. I want the behind the scenes info. For example, the cameras in the bathrooms. Hello, I learned that apparently all you have to do is let the producers know that you gotta go in there and they will turn the cameras away. You can leave your mic outside of the room for your privacy and decency, that's great. And also this thing that bothered me, every time a blocked person is going to visit someone, there are reactions shots of every single person acting like their door just got knocked on, but only one person gets visited. And the simple answer is that the producers actually do knock on all of the doors just to get those reaction shots, so question answered. Anyway, I actually sent in an application to The Circle last year when I was making my first video. Did not hear back, unfortunately, but I did read a little bit about the process and what to expect, and I think it would be pretty hard for me to be in this type of isolation, but also I am an introvert and I do love talking to myself, so I feel like I'd be okay. For season two, obviously because of COVID, there was a quarantine process, so every player had to be in a two-week quarantine they were tested every three days to keep the production as safe as possible, which is good. And throughout the process of the show, you obviously can't have your phone or other personal electronics because they want to protect all the secrets and not have anything leak to the outside world. 
But during quarantine, they did let the players have a dedicated Netflix phone so that they could communicate with their families. So that's nice. Then in any in-between times between like quarantine and actually being in the circle apartments, you're in hiding with a Netflix chaperone who keeps an eye on you, makes sure you've got all your stuff, but you aren't interacting with the outside world. Again, as far as the actual game goes, I think it's about two to three weeks long. The players can have any food they request. They just give the producers a grocery list. The production team tries to keep everyone occupied with books, puzzles. Otherwise, they have the gym room, just like in season one, and then a yoga room, which I think is new for season two. And the players can't use their balconies for fresh air because there's too much chance that they could interact somehow, but they can get fresh air on the roof and go into the hot tub if they desire. Every time the players are walking around hallways and stuff, the producers ensure that nobody is going to run into each other. Players are always escorted. Again, I don't know if this is interesting to anyone else, but this is what I'm always thinking about when I watch these shows. Maybe I should be a reality TV producer. We'll see. Let's quickly discuss some of the strategies that we see in the circle. Obviously, one major one is to be nice to everyone. You want to make friends, say whatever you can to get people to like you, even if you have to be fake nice. Another strategy is to stay average. Don't make any waves. You want to be friendly enough to where people like you, but not too popular to where you'll be a threat to anyone. Naturally, of course, people try to get close to other people right before ratings, which is definitely a last ditch effort, but an attempt nonetheless. And obviously in this season, we have the whole come in as someone notable, a celebrity strategy. Chloe from Too Hot to Handle and Lance Bass. Chloe is believable because she's not like a superstar. She's a Netflix alumni. It just kind of adds up, you know? Reality stars popping up in a lot of shows is not surprising. Lance Bass, on the other hand, unlikely that someone of his level would want to be on a show like this, but maybe Lisa was just hoping that people would get starstruck and not think too deeply about it. And of course, we have the classic strategy of flirting and romance, which we will see a bit of throughout this season. Very intriguing. Let's talk ratings quickly. Obviously, when you're rating each player, you can either genuinely rate everyone based on who you actually like and support, who you think is the most deserving of a top spot, or you can rate strategically to try to knock out people that you think are popular or a threat to you. And being too popular, especially too early on, is a threat. If you don't have enough alliances built up at that point, people will rate you low just to keep you down. So again, that's why being kind of a middle of the road average player can be very helpful, especially at the start of the game. Let's jump into what actually happened. <laughs> I'm just gonna talk about all of it. First, the girl gang alliance. In episode one, a girl group is formed with all the gals, Emily, Savannah, Chloe, and Terralisha. And in the first rating, Savannah and Terralisha are rated the highest, so they are the influencers. Immediately, they are given the chance to save one player each from the blockings. Terralisha picks Emily, and we expect Savannah to pick Chloe because girl gang, hello. But instead she picks Trevor because they bonded about being raised by single parents. But that's a signal of a big betrayal to her alliance. This is literally like round one. She's already broken her word. Then in the actual blocking ceremony, she kind of hesitates again to save Chloe, which threatens the alliance and makes her seem even more untrustworthy. Like she literally promised she would have Chloe's back and then she's sitting there like, mm, I don't know. So this creates a conflict between Savannah and Terralisha. The first player blocked is Bryant, who's honestly pretty irrelevant. I mean, he 
he seems like a nice guy, but I also can't take his shtick seriously. He may be purely genuinely love and light and all of that, but to me it just reads as a little bit much. And again, I don't think there was much of a connection formed with the other players enough to save him at that point. So then after blocking Bryant, everyone goes into the circle chat, the group chat, and Savannah says that she's devastated to see him go. And Tara Leisha's like, well, I didn't want to see him go. So is Savannah being fake right now? Is she trying to misrepresent what happened? Savannah says, it was a hard decision, but it was a joint decision. And the feud is on. So we're getting into the game now, and there are a couple of activities throughout the season that do make a big impact. The first one is truth or dare. Simple. Obviously the questions are asked to stir the pot, the producers want to provoke some drama, expose alliances, force you to admit who you like or dislike the most. Very tricky. And obviously as a player, you don't want to reveal this information, you don't want people to know who you're close to, but you gotta answer the question. Tara Alicia is asked, who is the biggest game player in the circle? And she says Savannah. And then of course Savannah is asked, which player do you trust the least? And she says, Tara Alicia. Savannah insists that nobody can trust Tara Alicia. She'll say one thing and do another. So now all of the players are pretty skeptical and doubting of Savannah and Tara Alicia. This conflict is bad for both of them, even though they keep trying to prove themselves to the other players and make the other person look bad. So this becomes a major conflict that still is not resolved by the end. Team Terralisha and Team Savannah. To be honest, I have to be Team Terralisha. I feel like there is a lot of miscommunication, but if you go back to the inciting incident, Savannah simply broke the alliance and that made her seem untrustworthy. I don't blame Terralisha for doubting her after that point. But also, can I just say, the entire premise of this fight really doesn't make any sense because the influencers were given the power to protect someone from the blocking but they were the ones doing the blocking. So giving someone like a save is kind of useless because they're gonna be the ones choosing who to block anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like it would be different if two people could save two people and then other people were doing the blocking, but it's the same people. Still, I don't understand why Savannah wouldn't have just been loyal to Girl Gang. It was week one, just protect your girlies and then just choose not to vote out Trevor. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but this was a big deal. So then in the next rating, Chloe and Emily are the top rated, so they're the influencers. And Savannah and Tara Alicia are now in the bottom two because clearly people don't like the drama. And again, the situation made both of them look bad. I think people just got bad vibes. So the second player blocked is Savannah. She came in too hot, too fiery. I feel like they could have fixed things by just talking to the whole circle chat and being like, hey, I never meant to threaten the girl gang alliance. I don't know if everyone knew about the alliance though. I don't know. I feel like there was a way that she could have fixed it, but I don't think she helped herself. So when Savannah is blocked, she gets to go visit someone. She's supposed to choose who she thinks will win. She chooses to see Courtney. Then there's a twist called the inner circle and the reveal of the Joker. So because Courtney was chosen by Savannah, he gets to go to the inner circle and be the Joker, which gives him the power to chat anonymously with two incoming players before they join the full gang. Gang? Game? Game. I really like that The Circle did this for season two because they need a lot of these new twists and different things to keep the game fresh season to season. It keeps all the players on their toes and you never really know what to expect if things get changed up. 
So I'm a fan. So then two new players join, Kat and Mitchell, and Courtney playing as the anonymous Joker is in the chat with them and he's trying to sound like Emily and he takes shots at the other girls, Terralisha and Chloe, to encourage the new players to mistrust all the other girls in the game. It's shady, but of course that's the purpose of what the Joker is. You get this power, this anonymous power, you're gonna take advantage of it and try to knock out whoever's not in your alliance. Then Courtney, as the Joker, gets to pick who one of the next influencers will be, and he picks River. Then in the rating, Courtney himself actually gets voted into the other top spot. Then Courtney and River choose to block Terralisha. This is a bummer. I think she was gone too soon. And I think this was an instance of, again, being too popular in the beginning. Savannah and Terralisha, the first two influencers, very quickly fall to the bottom and then get blocked back to back. And just in general, being an influencer can backfire because while you have power, the decisions that you are forced to make can make you some enemies because the other influencer might tell people what you thought of them or who you considered blocking. And then again, because you're rated highly one round, people might rate you lower next time because people knew that you were popular and now they see you as a threat and wanna knock you out, so. Dangerous game. A next good challenge activity is the Mannequin Challenge hosted by Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye. This was a cute little challenge um, and it was pretty inconsequential until Jack, playing as Emily, completely wrecked his mannequin. It's a simple makeup challenge and this man did not even know how to do basic foundation and this challenge single-handedly exposed Emily as a catfish because everyone could just tell these makeup skills were so atrocious, so tragic, that it was obvious that Emily was probably not the young sorority girl that she was claiming to be. And this was so sad because Jack actually cried. I felt so bad watching him like start to sob and he was hiding in his little hooded jacket. It does kind of suck to have one challenge kind of individually targeted at you. Not that I think the producers knew that he would fail, but they probably thought he might. So <laughs> again, stirring the pot, it sucks to be you but it happens. Then we had another little game called Don't At Me, where each player could ask another player an anonymous question. And someone asked Emily, what are your top five makeup brands? Again, stoking that, that weakness. And Jack goes, oh, I have a smart idea. I'm gonna get the makeup from that other challenge and just read out whatever's on those labels. And he reads out the most random shit that, again, exposes that he's probably not a young girl who actually likes makeup. He's like, Laneige, and then he says Collection Co. Everyone's like, what the hell is that? And again, I'm like, Jack, I understand that you don't personally wear makeup, but you exist in the world and you can't name five makeup brands? Like, have you ever watched a commercial? I don't feel that bad for him, you know? In the next ratings, Chloe and Kat are rated the highest, but this time the influencers don't get to choose who to block. Automatically, the bottom two players are blocked, which are Lance and Emily. So at this point, Lance Bass, <laughs> Lance Bass has made no impression. I think some people didn't even recognize him as NSYNC's pop icon. And why do I keep saying it like that? NSYNC? NSYNC. 
Some people didn't recognize him. Other people just assumed he'd be a catfish because he's probably too famous to play the game, which is accurate. And he was just boring. I don't think Lisa played Lance very well. Sorry, Lisa. And then Emily obviously got wrecked by those makeup challenges back to back and people were just betting that she was a catfish. Then our next fun big twist, the two blocked players secretly get to stay as a new player. Lisa and Jack, as Lance and Emily, go to do the ceremonial, you know, go visit a player before you leave thing, but then they end up in the same apartment and it's revealed that they have a second chance to stay as a new catfish working together. Classic, fun, who would expect it? I don't know. <laughs> so of course they agree and they unite as the new player, John, who is this old man, big mustache. His occupation is psychic, which is supposed to be a little haha, because they obviously know information about the players that they shouldn't know. They decide to make him a 64 year old gay man. Anyway, as Emily and Lance are blocked, they of course leave their goodbye videos and it is revealed to everyone that they were both catfishes. So everyone's like, all right, peace out, bye, we got them. And naturally everyone asks, so who did Emily and Lance visit? And everyone denies it because no one was actually visited. But then everyone's suspicious because someone was supposed to be visited. And Kat specifically thinks that Chloe is lying about not being visited. She thinks that Chloe was visited by Emily. Kat makes the big mistake of going to River and Courtney and saying she thinks Chloe's lying. But she doesn't know that Chloe, Courtney, and River are in an alliance called the Kardashians with a C. And that move is actually Kat's downfall because she was just messing with the wrong person. In the next rating, Chloe and Trevor are influencers and they vote to block Kat, which again sucks. One wrong move, one little slip up, that can be it. Everyone can turn on you. And here's the thing, there's definitely a bias or better chances for the original players, because obviously if you're one of the players who comes in a little later, you're coming in when there's already groups and alliances formed, it's hard to make your way in there and get people to trust you. So I feel for the new players, they're at a disadvantage. But yeah, to go after Chloe specifically, who is one of the most popular people in the circle, was just not a good move. Then we have another little activity, an award ceremony as we're nearing the end of the game. And they're all kind of being nice and voting each other different little superlatives. Then we get best performance, which is obviously supposed to be like, you're fake, you're not being yourself. And Mitchell gets it and he takes this very badly. <laughs> he had a very snarky reply instead of like pretending to laugh it off. I understand being kind of hurt by that, but you gotta be careful how you reply, as always, in the circle. Then the next award is the kiss ass, and again, Mitchell gets it with River. And River tries to laugh it off, but Mitchell is again even more bitter, which is just so bad. His responses in this game alone probably are the reason that he ends up being voted out, which sucks. But also he was clearly unpopular enough to be voted for those awards in the first place. So sorry, Mitchell, you were doing well for a minute. Then we have a segment where the players all talk about what they would do with the prize money if they won. Chloe reveals that her family has had a history of addiction issues. Her father is in recovery and has a charity to help other families. I don't know if she mentioned it in the show, but one of her brothers actually died from addiction. So this is obviously very close to her heart. And this did make me feel more sympathy toward Chloe because honestly, when she first joined, I was like, this is unfair. She was already famous, pretty famous from Too Hot to Handle. 
She must have already had like a million followers at least on Instagram. So it's like, Chloe, babes, you can just continue being an Instagram model and make your coin. So it was nice to see a little bit more of a humanizing moment for her to talk about her backstory and her family. And yeah, that was a powerful little segment. Next, we had a messages from home segment, which I literally, I cried so hard the first time I watched it. The other day when I was watching these clips again, I cried. I just, I don't know if it's that I cry when I see people cry, that's probably part of it, but also it's just sweet and, you know, family missing each other and talking about how much they love each other. It just always gets my heartstrings, you know? Really sweet, really nice. We're making our way. In the next ratings, the top person becomes the secret super influencer, meaning that they alone get to decide who the final blocked person is, who doesn't get to make it to the finale. And again, it's all a secret, so it can't really bite them in the ass. And the top rated person is River. So Lee playing as River is sitting there and he's like, ah, oh, should I play with my heart? Should I play with my head? Should I be strategic? And he decides to block Mitchell which is kind of random because honestly, Mitchell was probably the least threatening person because he was literally just roasted by everyone. He was probably gonna be rated low anyway. So I don't know why of all people he would vote Mitchell. <laughs> I feel like he could have voted out someone way more popular if he wanted to really increase his chances of winning, but I feel like he ended up voting with his heart more and just wanted to get rid of somebody that he wasn't close with. Finally, we've reached the finale. By this point, Chloe has fallen for Trevor. So remember when I talked about romance and stuff? Basically way back, Mitchell was kind of flirting with Emily and then it was revealed that Emily was Jack. So you were catfished. But the whole time, Chloe and Trevor had this thing. Obviously, Delisa just played along with it because it was advantageous for her, for Trevor to have that strong alliance. And they were both very likable players the whole time. So that alliance was very powerful. So in the finale, the players finally get to go meet in person, which is always so stressful and nerve wracking. Chloe goes to the room first. She's waiting there. She's like, I'm gonna meet, you know, the man of my dreams. And in walks in his wife, Delisa. And this reveal was slightly painful and awkward, but also I feel like they got over it quickly and they were able to just enjoy getting to know each other. I love when people walk in, everyone's always like, wait, who are you? Cause it's like either you recognize them or you're like, who the fuck are you even playing? What's going on here? Love it. So then Courtney comes in, River comes in, but it's actually Lee and everyone's like, what? And then Lisa who played as Lance comes in and everyone's like, who the fuck is this? And then Jack AKA Emily comes in and they're like, what's going on here? And then they realize that Lisa and Jack were together playing as John. Wow, that was probably very disappointing because I feel like everyone was looking forward to meeting John, you know, the like low-key Santa psychic old man. And then it was just Lisa and Jack again. They're like, hmm, first of all, you got a second chance. That's interesting. And also, you're not our favorite old man. But they seem to have a good time together anyway. Such a dramatic finale episode. Then they move to like a stage and we have the host, Michelle Buteau, who's hilarious. I do actually laugh at her commentary throughout the episodes. Michelle talks to all the contestants and asks them some questions before the final reveal of who wins the $100,000. All of the blocked players are sitting together and there is still beef palpable tension between Savannah and Terralisha. I mean, to be honest, what has it been? Like a week or two? So it makes sense that things haven't been fixed. So that was awkward. And my favorite little moment is when Kat and Mitchell just kind of look at each other and like clink their drinks and they're like, you know, just sipping, listening to the arguments. 
And still, Bryant is completely irrelevant. I'm sorry, he was blocked first. We only got to see him for like a minute, but he was just not an impactful player. So, sorry. Then we get to the very last ratings. Who will win the prize money? In fifth place, we have John. Bye, Catfish. In fourth place, we have River, AKA Lee. Sorry, Lee. Bye. Third place, we have Courtney. I guess I should talk about the characters a little bit, the contestants. Now here's the thing, tangent. Throughout the game, a lot of people throw out these accusations of like, oh, so-and-so's a game player. And it's like, okay, well, first of all, we are playing a game. This is a game show. It's a reality TV game show with a cash prize. It's a game. It's the epitome of a game. So everyone is a game player. But game player has this negative connotation of like, oh, you're cheating and you're lying, you're doing whatever it takes to win, when again, that's what most people are doing. And if you're not, then you're not being strategic and you're not gonna win, <laughs> you know? Yeah, throughout the game, it's like, oh, so-and-so is a game player. And I've gotta say, I think in terms of actual gameplay, I think Courtney was the best game player. And I don't mean that in a shady way, though Courtney did have some shady moves. Courtney got to be the Joker, and that was a very powerful, influential thing. And then while he was the Joker, he tried to get rid of all the girls, including Chloe, and then later on ends up in a close alliance with Chloe and River. So it's like, interesting. But I feel like Courtney just has that kind of funny personality that can get away with being a little more of a game player. And I at least like that Courtney was never like fake nice, I don't think. I think he was pretty honest. By the way, after the game, I saw people like still hating on other players because they didn't like how they played the game and people get mad at players for lying or being shady or talking behind people's back. It's like, dude, that's literally the game. You can try to be honest and genuine in the circle, but the point of the game is to do whatever you can to win. And it's hard to know to what extent does someone's behavior in a game like this actually represent their true morals and character. I'm like, don't waste your time hating on reality TV contestants in this situation, for this game specifically. Like nothing that occurs throughout the duration of the circle is actually, or should actually be taken personally because you literally don't know each other as people yet until you meet in person. Then you can talk it out and get to know them and make judgments of their actual personality or whatever. But like the behavior within the circle is so fabricated and so detached from reality that I don't think we should use it to actually make judgments of people. Then we get to our top two. Chloe and Trevor. Wow, how romantic. The um, alliance, the couple that could have been if Trevor weren't a catfish being played by his own wife. I am glad that it ended up being down to Chloe and Trevor because Chloe was rated very highly. I think she was in Influencer the most times out of everyone. So clearly she was very popular. I did really enjoy watching Chloe throughout the show and she is genuinely funny. She said some stupid shit that would just make me laugh out loud because I could not believe it. I wonder how many bubbles are actually in this bath? Oh my God. You can see my nose and my chin. And then Trevor played by Delisa. I mean, I just, I like the way that Trevor was always kind of a middle of the road player, like always rated like third or fourth. But everyone liked Trevor and they wanted to believe that he was this good guy, single dad, this loving figure. Delisa played a good game by not revealing herself as a catfish. That's impressive. Oh my god, I forgot during the family reveals when, when Delisa gets to finally see the video of Trevor and her baby. That was so sweet. I could cry right now. 
I can't even imagine how hard it must have been for her to be away from them for that long. Anyway, then we get the the, the winner. Dee, 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 dee. I'm terrible at this. And the winner is Trevor. Trevor wins, AKA Delisa. And this made me really happy because again, Chloe, financially, I think she's gonna be good. She definitely has the most followers out of everyone. She's gonna get that coin. And then Delisa, you know, she said that she just wanted to be able to buy a home for their family, and that makes me really happy. And I think she was a good player. Trevor was a fun character to watch her portray, and it was very sweet. Jesus, this is a long video. What am I doing? <laughs> I do like to um, check up on everyone on Instagram, see where they are. I think it's been about a week since the finale, and Delisa just posted that they actually did just buy their house, which is really precious. And also they announced their second pregnancy. So they're expecting another child. It's all very exciting. And overall, I'm really happy that Delisa and her family won the money. And then I think Chloe won fan favorite. I don't know if that comes with a cash prize. So good for Chloe. It's always nice to see when, um, you know, the top two adds up, the winner and the fan favorite, you know what I mean? Everyone else, I've looked at their Instagrams, just like in season one, they're kind of interacting with each other. They're trying to take advantage of the clout of the moment, of course. By the way, lots of fans are shipping Chloe and Mitchell because there was a little bit of flirtiness during the game and at the end of the finale, and they're kind of teasing it on each of their pages. It's very similar to the Joey and Miranda situation from season one, but I don't ship it for them. I don't see it happening. Anyway, that's my video about the circle. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I love getting involved in the highs and lows of it. It has absolutely no impact on my life and that's why I enjoy it, you know? Before we end the video, we've got to give our small channel shout outs. This is becoming my favorite segment. Interesting thing about both of these channels, they were recommended to me by people on Instagram and stuff. But then when I went to their channels, I actually realized I had already seen some of their videos before. So we love that. First we have Kunkin Dasner, real name Duncan, obviously, but it literally took me so long to realize that. I kept being like, Kunkin Dasner, that's really hard to say. That's such an interesting name. I'm an idiot. Duncan does commentary videos and I like that he does it in a compassionate way. He really gives people the benefit of the doubt, even if people don't deserve it that much. I had watched his video on Eddie Burback and Keemstar like months ago and I really enjoyed it. And then I just recently watched his video about the Morgues documentary and I think it was great. He's a film student, so I love to listen to these types of videos. Duncan, thank you for the content. Everybody check out his channel if you like commentary and things. Of course you like commentary, hello. Then we have Anya, whose channel name is Vastava, and she does analysis of internet and pop culture using data science, which is really fascinating. I had actually watched and shared her mapping TikTok mansions in the pandemic video like five months ago. That video is so interesting. Obviously, if you guys enjoy internet analysis, but maybe sometimes you're like, oh, I wish there was more analysis in this or more data, then her channel is for you. It is really, really interesting. She's very smart and it's just cool to see things mapped out this way using data science. It's something I have zero experience in. So hopefully I can learn something from her. Go check out Anya Vastava's channel. Thank you guys so much for watching. Stay tuned for more videos. If you watched The Circle, let me know who your favorites are. If you didn't watch The Circle and you're still here, thank you so much. And stay tuned for my next internet analysis video. Okay, thanks, bye.